everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly podcast. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today's special guest is Jessie Shuraleff. Jessie is the mama of two amazing little humans conceived through IVF, and she is the founder and host of This Is My Truth podcast. She spent many years shoving down her emotions around her fertility journey, amongst other things, into a box, and threw away the key. Until one day, she found the key, and it changed everything. How she viewed herself, motherhood, but most importantly, the type of leader she became at home and at work. She has spent the last 13 years at Google, effectively leading and coaching sales teams, using authenticity, value-based selling and storytelling to drive impact and revenue for customers and Google. Her mission is to create community and connection through sharing personal stories to empower others to step into their own light, reclaim their vulnerability, and drive greater impact. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Jesse, I am so excited to have you here on My Sentiments Exactly podcast to talk about taking the mask off of infertility. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, so glad to have you. So we're going to get started with the conversation starter. So I'm going to pull a random question from the conversation starter stick and you'll just give your answer. All right. Okay. How do you determine whether a fear is worth facing? That is a really good question. And I feel like very relevant for me right now as I am facing lots of fears in that I just took a leap from my corporate job of the last 13 and a half years. So for me, I, the way that I think about it is a fear comes from something. And for me, I spend a lot of time in the mornings trying to set my day, get into a good headspace. And part of that is journaling for me. That helps me really ground myself. And so when I find myself, you know, in what I call a swirl, which is basically a bad mood, it's typically, you know, something fear-based. And so I just journal it. And I sort of just continue to ask myself why, 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 until I can get to the root cause of it. And from there, it's really about, okay, what am I going to do about it? And so, you know, fears are, like we all have them. And for For me, it's been about, you know, how do I unpack it to really understand why is it there? Uh Asking myself that question, right? Like, you know, once I'm able to like identify it, you know, getting quiet and sort of just saying like, you know, what are you, why are you here? What do you need? And um, being able to process it that way. Yeah, that's so important is in determining whether a fear is worth facing is acknowledging why the fear is there to start with and getting to that root. That is so important. So thanks for, for answering that. So we're going to go ahead and get into the episode. Um, I'll give you a moment just to briefly introduce yourself and to start sharing your journey of infertility um, and just how that has gotten you to where you are now. 
Yeah, well, thank you. So for your audience, I'm Jesse Sherliff. I am the mama of two amazing little humans. I have a four and a half year old and a two and a half year old. And I like to say that my journey to motherhood was, you know, was a journey. It was bumpy and rocky and lots of pivots. And for someone who has always been pretty type A, it was really uh -huh. hard for me to wrap my head around that I wasn't quote unquote good at something, mm. something that I so desperately wanted. Yeah. And for me, the way that I grew up, we didn't talk about emotions a lot in my family. And so okay. I am very good at building up walls. And so when hard things would happen to me, I would just shove everything down. And so infertility for me was one of those things that I didn't really deal with as I was going through it. And it took okay. this moment. Um, I'm here in Chicago and our public transportation is the L. And I'll never forget this moment. I'm taking the L downtown to work and I'm staring at myself in the, the subway window. And I look like I, I do every day, right? Like my hair is done. I have makeup on. I'm like quarantine me. <laughs> yeah, quarantine everyone. <laughs> and I just was looking at all of my fellow commuters and I realized that no one would know that by looking at me in that moment, mm -hmm. what I, like the journey I had gone to, to get to that point. And at that point in my pregnancy with my oldest daughter, I was um, a little over uh, 20 weeks pregnant. And a okay. prior, my husband and I um, had to make a really hard medical decision about my pregnancy. Okay. Which was tough in and of itself because, you know, we had fought so hard to even become pregnant to begin with. And I had this aha of we all wear masks, right? Like we all put on the happy face uh -huh. in order to sort of move forward. Yeah. But what if you were able to take that mask off even for a second? Mm -hmm. What would that do? And so for me, I started to be able to share my story a little bit more. And it was always with, you know, close friends or family members. And then I started to share it, um, you know, with a few more people. And maybe instead of one person, it would be two people. And what was interesting to me was that, you know, people always said me too. And it wasn't that, you know, people I were talking to also struggled with infertility, but that there was always a common theme throughout. Like you could always sort of pull a common thread where, you know, through most of my journey to becoming a mom, I felt really alone. I felt really isolated. No one else I knew was going through infertility. No one else I knew was going, you know, through IVF. And so that that feeling, you know, people could connect with. And so I started to share my story more. And, you know, now I'm sharing it on podcasts, which is still yeah. frightening. But I'm sure, yeah. um, I share because I truly believe that we can see when we're sharing our stories, people can see fragments of their own stories. In For sure. Houses. And so to me, you know, 
I want to pay it forward for all of those people who created space for me to safely uh-huh. share my story. Um, because in that sharing, I found community and connection like I never would have experienced before. And so um, for anyone who, you know, has gone through infertility or, you know, is on that path to con- trying to conceive right now, it is so hard and it is so unique and um, your journey is your own. But I want people to know that um, there there is community when you're ready to, to open up for that. For sure. Thank you so much for, like you said, this is a frightening topic to share, you know, publicly. So thank you for, for being brave enough and courageous enough um, to face any fear that you might have. Speaking of the, the question earlier um, surrounding this, thank you so much for being willing to share this. And I know that it will, co- it will connect with a lot of women who may, and even just families, not even just women, but you have to consider how it's affecting their spouses or their partners, you know, so um, thank you for being willing to share this. I would like to ask you, what are some of the most common misconceptions that you have seen um, surrounding the topic of infertility? It's a good question. I think that so often um, for me personally, you know, I struggled with a lot of shame and guilt, not only around my path, but then ultimately the, the decision that my husband and I were, were forced to make in the, in the situation that we were in. And I share that because a lot of my shame also came from the fact that I'm not particularly religious, but okay. I felt like my job as a female was to birth children. And I didn't feel like I could in the way that I was supposed to. Uh And so I think that in and of itself, like the the shame that women feel around infertility, some of it is is societal without us even, you know, recognizing. Exactly. That like the implications um, or the conscious of or unconscious biases that we're putting on women in, in this. And for me, it felt like pressure that I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to break through from that. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, for anyone who who might be going through this and, and feeling something similar, you know, I'm sending you a hug first and foremost, but. Yeah. You are more. You are more than just, um, you know, for lack of a better word, like a vessel of, of bringing a, a child into into yeah. the universe. There's lots of different ways to have a family, and so so that is one. The, this just notion that, like, as a female, your job is to you know, have. Yeah. Another one that comes to mind is um, there's a right way to like be infertile. <laughs> and what okay. I often say is it was interesting to me as I started to, you know, go down this path of infertility, like everyone had an opinion on like my path. And so for my husband okay. and I, you know, we, we tried the, the quote unquote, the natural way. It obviously wasn't working mm-hmm. for us. And our, my doctor recommended that we um, 
go down the path of IUI. So um, uh, for anyone who's not familiar, it's um, in utero insemination. And okay. that didn't work for us either. And so then we um, went to a fertility clinic and, you know, they, they gave us sort of our choices there. And we ultimately went the route of, of IVF. But what was interesting to me as, as I was sort of sharing my journey with close friends, so many people would be like, well, why wouldn't you try this first? Or, you know, my doctor yeah. said, um, you know, that this is the drug that you should try. And, and I say this because, you know, you're going to get a lot of opinions. Like, I think this is true in, in motherhood and parenthood. Yes. <laughs> also, unfortunately, it's also true on your, on, on your journey to, to becoming a mom too, or at least that was my yeah. experience. And yeah. so you're going to have to get, for me, I had to get really sort of clear on what was the right path for my family. For and sure. Okay. And getting comfortable with like the uncomfortable that like the decisions that I make might make other people uncomfortable. Absolutely. And that was a really important sort of lesson for me. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the, the misconception is like that, again, that there's like one right path, like it works for me. So it's going to work for mm -hmm. you. That's not the case. Everyone's journey is very much their own. And yeah. Um, for me, I have found that just creating that space, allowing people to sort of like share where they are on their journey and then mm -hmm. they want advice, um, offering it, but just sort of letting people, um, have that journey on their own. Yeah, that is, that's so important. And those are, I can definitely see how those are the main, you know, misconceptions. Um, the first one, um, was one that I didn't even really, consider. Um, so thank you so much for raising uh, awareness for that. Um, so for those women um, who are experiencing infertility, what is one of the biggest pieces of advice that you would share to them? Yeah. So first and foremost, like I said earlier, I am sending you a, a hug. If you are someone mm -hmm. on, on this path, um, it's a path that, you know, you don't ever think that you're going to be on. And when you're on it, you don't really want to be on it. And mm -hmm. for some people, it's really long. For some people, it's not as long. And I think um, it, it's your journey. Like your journey is your journey. For sure. And not playing the comparison game. It's so hard, but it's so important mm -hmm. as you're going through this yourself. And so... You know, for me, what I have learned after the fact, and I wish I had known this while I was going through the journey myself, was I actually wish I had opened myself up, shared my story a little bit more, even okay. if it was, um, you know, going to my fertility clinics, um, uh, they have like support groups, and just meeting mm -hmm. other women who are on the same path as me, because- you got you. While I opened myself to a few friends, like I said earlier, I didn't have anyone in my corner that had gone through anything similar. And so while my friends, you know, did their absolute best to have empathy and, and sympathy and like understand mm -hmm. what I was 
going through, it it just wasn't the same. And that's not, through no fault of their own. But absolutely, I, I had opened myself up a little bit more to some communities that support women um, going through this journey directly. Yeah, that's so important. Um, for family members, friends, um, even coworkers, whoever is, is in relationship with um, the woman going through um, infertility, there are a lot of people in so many situations that mean well um, when we're dealing with things like this, but maybe say the wrong things or don't know what to say. And because they don't know what to say, say the wrong things. Um, so first, I would like for you to kind of share maybe some of the things that you observe from your own experience or that you have just seen being a part of that community um, that would qualify as the wrong things to say to someone going through infertility. And then after that, sharing things that would be helpful or that you could say in place of those things or just how to best support. So the when you were saying that, that question, a memory popped up. And um, I come okay. from a big Italian Catholic family on one side and then a big okay. Irish Catholic family on the other side. So it was sort of assumed that when my husband and I got married, we would have kids. And we actually made the okay. decision that we weren't going to try right away. Um, we love traveling. I cannot wait to get on a plane again at some point. Um, <laughs> and yeah. So, you know, we, we knew going into our marriage and we'd been together for several years before then that we weren't going to try right away. Um, and then we, we did start trying. It wasn't, we didn't really tell people and this was like a few years into our relationship, but um, I, I share this context because whenever I would fly back to New York, which is where I grew up and where all my family still lives, Every time I came home, it was the well-intentional questions of, you know, like, when are you going to start having a family or in a few years? Like, um, and I'll never forget, I was home for my grandmother's 95th birthday party. And um, I had been through several rounds of IVF. They'd each gotten canceled. I... Um, I bruise really easily. And so when you're going through IVF, you're obviously giving yourself lots of shots. And so my arms had um, bruises all over them. I was constantly wearing, even in the middle of the summer, like long sleeve shirts to hide, hide my bruises. And so, you know, I was coming off of a canceled cycle. I was already probably not in the best, like emotional state. Yeah. And so I'm home for my grandmother's 95th birthday and I'm holding my um, cousin's baby. I don't remember how old um, the baby was, but it was a f she was a few months old. And my grandmother, 100% well-intentioned, just looks at me and says, she looks so good in your arms. When are you going to have your own? And I literally start bawling. I have to, I'm yeah. so upset like pass the baby off to whoever was next to me. I don't know if you remember. And I just run into like my old bedroom, shut the door and start like, you know, fetal position crying. And I share this because my grandmother had no ill intent. Like she, she was absolutely not coming from a malicious place, but I share sure. it 
as an example of what seemingly probably seems like a well-meaning question can have a really big impact on somebody going through mm -hmm. this. And, you know, I think there's a fine line between like overly censoring yourself in situations mm -hmm. and also not speaking up at all. Cause I think the other thing that people in, in this situation face is, you know, people just, stop talking to you about it, which makes it feel, you feel like you're on an island, isolated. Mm, okay. So, that, so there is sort of a fine line, at least for me and in, in my experience. And so I share this because I think the best thing you can do, if you have somebody in your circle who you know is going, you know, experiencing this or you suspect is just, you know, show some empathy and mm -hmm. ask, them how you can best support them what does that okay, yeah. look like you know in that moment in in that week in that month um i had a friend who you know shared everything shared you know when her cycles were when she was going in for um you know retrievals when she was going in for transfer mm -hmm. and for her that's what she needed the downside of that was that, you know, every time she had a, a failed transfer, she had to tell like 30 different people that it didn't work. And so I shared Got that you. Okay. Is, right. Everyone's going to have their own comfort level of sharing. For sure. And also their own way of like being supported. And so I think that the best thing that people can do is simply uh -huh. just say, I might not get the words right. I might be fucking this up. Oh, sorry, screwing this up. <laughs> um, but I just, I just want to say that I'm here for you. What kind of support do you need? And I will do that. Mm -hmm. And and then just let people know that that you're available. And and then follow. You know, like take action if they, if they ask for something. Yeah, know, support them in that. Yeah, all of that is so good. I especially love asking um, instead of just trying to guess, you know, it's it's OK to ask and they might would actually appreciate that more um, if you just ask um, that way they you know that what you're doing is actually helping them and not just hoping that you're helping them, but actually asking them. And that can change depending on the day, depending on the month, the week. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I was very interested to hear, um, about not saying anything, the impact that that has had, um, that was very interesting to me and something new that I'm taking away, you know, from this episode. And, you know, I'm coming to this as a fellow mom. Um, I didn't have any infertility issues, um, but I did give birth, uh, prematurely so I can, I can kind of see how um, the different comments and um, the different questions and and things. I think as as moms, as women, like you were saying about the pressure, um, because I felt that I failed and I wasn't good enough because I didn't have infertility issues, but then I couldn't carry long um, the full term. So it's so complicated as as women, and you have that pressure. Um, as women, because you are bringing life into the world 
Um, so I think not even just moms that have experienced infertility issues, but just moms and women in general, I think can take something away from this episode and something can resonate just because as women, we still, like you said, have that common thread um, that we can say, yeah, I, I totally get it. Um, but thank you so much for sharing your story, being open about this. Um, and again, being willing to talk about something that's personal that will have an impact on other women going through. And I love that even though you regretted not speaking out before, that you're speaking out now and the impact that that you would have gotten from other women, you're now giving that impact to other people. So I I really admire that and I applaud you for that. Um, and thank you so much again for being willing to share your journey. Well, thank you for having me. And I, I mentioned this to you. I just, I love the mission that that you're driving because I think for me, what I've learned is, you know, for so long I was battling sort of this idea that, you know, who would want to hear my story? It, mm -hmm. like, why does my story matter? Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is that, um, you know, even if you impact one person, that's one yeah. human who you mm -hmm. impacted and that's humongous. And I think that every person's journey is their own, right? All of our experiences are for sure. their own, but to me being able to hear different perspectives and different, you know, stories mm -hmm. that may not have been what I experienced to yeah. me is that like 360 view of the world mm -hmm. that breeds empathy. And for I sure. I think we all need a little bit more empathy in the world right now. Absolutely. And that is definitely one of the main drives of MSE um, is to foster more empathy and genuine community. Like a lot of us are just trying to wing it and try to be there for people, but not sure how or it's conditional or we only accept certain people. Um, so I've I've offered this platform for all stories to be heard um, and those stories from people that think who would want to hear my story or if this isn't the popular, you know, thing in the media or, or anything like that. Um, those stories that you may not hear every day, but that impact your everyday. Mm -hmm. um, the things that should be in the media that are actually helping people. Um, so thank you so much for that. It, it really means a lot. Um, I'm just now kind of realizing as things are slowing down a bit more for me, the impact that the show is having, um, not just on my guests, but on my listeners. I just thought, you know, when I started the podcast, I'm doing it for leisure, you know, just to, you know, because it's something I'm passionate about, raising awareness um, and just coming out of my own experiences, um, wanting to raise awareness and help others just have that platform where you don't have to be um, you don't have to show up a certain way or sound a certain way or dress a certain way. This is just a space for you to share your story, however you feel comfortable. So that re that really means a lot. I appreciate it. Um, and we will close with how people can stay connected with you um, and some of the things that you may have going on. Um, well, thank you again. And mm -hmm. I would, if my story has resonated with anybody um, in the audience and you want to connect um, I would love to stay in contact. You can reach me at my website, which is www.jessie, that's J-E-S-S-I, Sherleff, that's S-H-U-R-A-L-E-F-F, -F, 
it's a mouthful, I know, um, .com. Or I also have a podcast, um, which is my way of paying it forward to all of those who created space for me with the goal of creating um, community and connection through sharing personal stories. And so you can find me um, at the podcast, This Is My Truth, and then on Instagram at This Is My Truth Podcast. And reach out, let me know um, what you what you thought of my story. I am completely open to hearing other people's experiences um, because I think, you know, stories make the world go round and being able to hear different perspectives is, you know, part of that. So thank you. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I feel like our our podcasts are like sisters um, in in the method. Um, and we'll probably, which we'll be in touch, but I'm, when you were talking, I'm thinking we'll probably have to collaborate for something in the future on um, both of our podcasts. We have a similar mission, so I think that would be good. Um, so thank you to everyone for tuning in. Please make sure that you connect with Jesse on social media. Did you enjoy this episode? If you haven't already, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and our new YouTube channel with video interviews premiering in season three. I'd also love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing MSE Podcasts Conversation Starters Deck, available for purchase at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms by gracenp.com and YouTube now. Hope to hear from you soon.